Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Back from, from uh, the holidays and wish it was under better circumstances, Jay, but, you know, it's not. That's The whole sports world is uh, focused right now on the uh, extremely serious and upsetting event from last night's game. Uh, Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, is in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest on the field. People watched this happen live. The Bills said in a statement early Tuesday morning that Hamlin, 24, had cardiac arrest following a hit in the first quarter. Um, he collapsed, and the Bills said Hamlin's heartbeat was restored on the field. The Bills said Hamlin is sedated and in critical condition at University of Cincinnati Medical Center. He was taken off the field 16 minutes or so after he collapsed and driven by ambulance to the UC Medical Center. Hamlin's family came down from the stands to be with him in the ambulance. The majority of the Bills team remained at Paycor Stadium well into Monday night. The entire team then left Shortly after midnight, returned to Buffalo. The game was postponed. The Bengals were leading at the time. It was Bengals-Bills, of course, 7-3, to three, first quarter. Um, in a conference call shortly after midnight on Tuesday, the NFL did not provide an update on potentially rescheduling the game as the league enters the final week of its regular season. Um, Jay, your thoughts your reaction from from what you saw last night and and your thoughts since then uh well first off when i when i saw you walking in to the studio and we greeted each other and we said good morning it gives you a different perspective on having the ability to say good morning doesn't it mm. um last night watching the game and seeing the hit occur it um I was speechless. I, I, I never have witnessed anything like this before in sports. Um, to to watch the game go to break multiple times, to watch the sense of urgency build over the course of time, because you saw the hit go to the chest, but you didn't really know what happened. Uh, it wasn't until you saw the ambulance being backed out onto the field that you knew it was a, a next-level type of thing, and um, seeing CPR and and in hearing, I think that was the most riveting thing for me, Max. I knew multiple people at the game. So seeing the flurry of texts and things that people were saying who had you know, firsthand accounts of what was going on was even scarier. And at the time, one of my best friends, his son, played football at Pitt, played with Kenny Pickett, played with Darvin himself, um, and pretty much DeMar, excuse me, pretty much just said, I'm, you know, DeMar Hamlin was one of the nicest guys when I was at Pitt. First guy to say hello when you walk in, brought his younger brother around the facility all the time. Hardest working individual. It's just like that, man. When I sports. So, so, so to, for people who missed it last night, um, DeMar Hamlin, uh, who plays for the Bills on defense, tackled. T. Higgins, the star receiver for the Bengals. And it looked like a, a good hit, but a routine enough tackle. And he's doing the tackling. At first, I thought, when I saw it just with a naked eye, ooh, it was helmet to helmet, maybe. It looked like Joe Mixon hit him before yeah. DeMar really had a chance. to. It was more like a grapple for, for DeMar, right? Like to wrap him up, 
Joe Mixon had to hit on him, it felt like. Well, he was launching kind of toward T. Higgins, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that. But, but when you see it in slow motion, what you notice is, as you pointed out, Jay, the head hits the chest and then kind of comes up, careens, careens up at, at any rate. So DeMar Hamlin gets up from this hit and then kind of staggers and collapses flat on his back. And having watched combat sports for you know many years, to me it looked like a concussion. It, he had the same kind of symptoms of a concussion. You get up, you're okay, and then you fall backward. But in fact, what happened was... Uh, blunt force trauma on the chest and he went into cardiac arrest right there on the field that was I've you know I mean it was uh, it was uh, unlike anything I've ever seen so you know in sports since I've been a little boy I played Pop Warner played basketball played soccer played every sport possible pretty much Um, but within basketball and football and you hear coaches say this. It's almost conditioned in your brain, Max, from the time I was a little boy. You know, cliches around death in sports, right? You have to be willing to go to the line. You have to be willing to die for this. You know, you got to be willing to put your life on the line. And you know, maybe in boxing, I think it carries a little bit more of a different way. A little different, yeah. Football is uh, – Definitely one of the most physical sports there is in the world, but you still never think it could truly happen to you, especially something so random like this. That's the scariest thing about football is the apparent arbitrary random nature of injuries where uh, you get hit at the wrong angle and something you've done a thousand times, suddenly you're paralyzed. Well, hearing doctors talk about this, it's getting hit in the middle of a rhythm of your heartbeat just that that timing is so difficult and challenging, but that's the timing that occurred. And yeah. that's where you see a guy not breathing for three minutes to nine minutes. So I don't know exactly what the time is because we're still finding out information on that. But, you know, everybody's sitting there saying, and the way I think this morning is like, he's okay, you know, but I still don't know if he's okay. If, you, if your brain hasn't received oxygen for three to nine minutes, I don't know if you're okay after that. I pray you are. Lisa Salters, uh, ESPN NFL sideline reporter, was on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt and uh, reported the following. It's hard uh, because, like you guys have said, this is, a, this is a human being. And all you can really think about is, you know, I hope, I hope that guy is okay. We, we've seen players go down with head injuries before. And uh, as horrible as that may sound, it, we've grown accustomed to it, seeing guys take hard hits. Uh, see them stay down for a little while, get back up, give the thumbs up. And, mm-hmm. and that's all we were all hoping for was that, that DeMar Hamlin was going to get up and that he was going to get on in that ambulance, he was going to give us a thumbs up, and we were all going to know that he was okay. And, and, and when that didn't happen, I think this entire stadium was just devastated. I mean, I mean right now, all I can really think about is... Is that player, his teammates, just seeing the agony on their faces, the concern on their faces. They're scared for him right now, and they should Mm. be. Uh, We all should be. Uh, But to see them hugging each other, uh, down on their knees, praying for him, his coach, the other team, their head coach, those players, uh, just to see how much 
unity and and just unified concern that they all had for this young man. Um, it's been overwhelming. There's a pall over the stadium right now. Uh, like you said, Scott, you come to work. We're expecting to see the game of the season. Uh, and what we got was so terrible. But that doesn't really matter. All that really matters is, uh, is Damar Hamlin and his family. And we just can't say it enough that we hope that he's okay. That was Lisa Salters um, to Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter uh, reporting from the scene. Uh, the NFL statement on the Bills and Bengals game last night is the following. Tonight's Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals game has been postponed after Buffalo Bills' DeMar Hamlin collapsed, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announced. Hamlin received immediate medical attention on the field by team and independent medical staff and local paramedics. He was then transported to a local hospital where he is in critical condition. Our thoughts are with DeMar and the Buffalo Bills. We will provide more information as it becomes available. The NFL has been in constant communication with the NFL Players Association, which is in agreement with postponing the game. So Lisa Salter says something there at the beginning of her statement that is something that we've all grown accustomed to. Me as a player, I've never grown accustomed to stuff like that. And I could tell you players have too. Why do you think players recite man in the arena all the time? By Teddy Roosevelt, right? Just to remind people what that says, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the door of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly. I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but Max, as players multiple times, if that was Tua, you've seen how teammates react to, to that, how they handle that. You've heard stories. Six years ago, I met Ryan Clark here at ESPN at the Doubletree Hotel. I remember the situation with Ryan Clark, and he accounts about He told it last night on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt about players literally coming to the hospital, checking in on his life because he went through something devastating. It can happen to people in sports, and you realize when you're in the midst of the arena that the fan, when you call players certain names or certain things, that's why players react that way because they realize that they're literally at times putting their life on the lines. Especially in the NFL. You know, Man, that's, that's, those, are, those are big guys going at high speeds, and, and uh, e- even in combat sports like boxing, for example, you can see this guy's too tough for his own good. This other guy's not a big enough puncher to take him out. He's taking too many clean headshots. They need to stop this fight. Very rarely is it one shot, unless a guy comes into the fight with a pre- pre-existing condition he's not aware of maybe. Right. But otherwise, it's not like one shot. But as you can see in football at that level, it can be one play and and your life can be in jeopardy. And and DeMar Hamlin's is now. And that will be the focus not only on this show today, but throughout the day, obviously. And, and, uh, you know, the sports world is is considering what happened last night and reflecting about on it and reporting on it and thinking about it and it and it needless to say people's thoughts are with DeMar Hamlin and his family and I'm glad they suspended the game I'm glad they did the right thing because at that time it's not about football anymore it's not about playoff implications I could care less it's about this young man's life you mentioned Ryan Clark Um, you're going to hear what Ryan Clark had to say last night Um, we're going to have coverage and updates throughout the day on ESPN and ESPN radio more KJM next
Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, uh, the ESPN app, etc., so we're back from the holidays and under uh, uh, disturbing circumstances. Last night's game on the field, first quarter, DeMar Hamlin, Bill's safety, tackled T. Higgins. Then he got up, and then he collapsed, fell straight on his back. And as it turns out, it appears that he got hit in the chest in such a way that he went into cardiac arrest and wasn't breathing for some time, had to be taken to the hospital, and remains in critical condition at this moment. Um, Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, had the following to say to Scott Van Pelt last night on Sports Center. This was Ryan, who had his own health scare in the NFL, uh, re, his reaction to the DeMar Hamlin play in which he was uh, hospitalized and remains hospitalized right now. And so many times in this game and in, in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever, that side of football that no one ever wants to see Mm -hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player, right? This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I, um, I dealt with this before, and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it, and now this team has to deal with that, and they have no answers. Mm-hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player— <laughs> 
or we're, we're upset that the, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. And Ryan Clark was a, you know, it's, it was the same position um, on defense. And, you know, Jay, it's so common where we say, like, because Ryan Clark was a fearless kind of player. Mm-hmm. But it's not exactly right. Because it, saying someone's fearless actually discounts the um, astounding feat that they have managed. It's not that they're fearless. Because as Customato used to preach, and Mike Tyson will talk about it now, everyone feels fear. If you do something dangerous, you feel fear. The question is, who can control it? You know, in the absence of fear, there's no bravery. So it's not so much that a player um, like DeMar Hamlin is fearless or Ryan Clark is fearless. It's that they have boundless courage, and there's a difference. Coley Harvey, ESPN National NFL reporter, with us now. Coley, what's the latest with DeMar Hamlin? Uh, well, Max, I can tell you guys that the latest is what we got late last night from, uh, from the Bills, uh, somewhere close to about 2.30 in the morning. Uh, they issued a statement saying that uh, DeMar Hamlin is uh, still in critical condition uh, uh, and was sedated uh, as part of the procedures that were uh, being done here at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. I can tell you, I'm actually just getting uh, out of the car myself back to the hospital. Uh, left a couple of hours ago, and we're back um, to see what more we can gather uh, here from the hospital itself. Uh, but that is the latest. Uh, in that statement from the Bills, they did mention that he suffered a cardiac arrest on the field, and his heart was uh, was essentially resuscitated while on the field. Uh, so some some certainly quick uh, thinking and quick actions uh, being taken uh, uh, during uh, during that moment last night. Um, you know, just being at the hospital after that event last night, I had a chance to uh, to see a number of people come over here. Uh, chief among them, uh, Bills receiver Stephon Diggs. And as Diggs was getting out of an Uber going towards the emergency room, I actually talked to him briefly, helped walk him. Uh, to the uh, to the entrance, he was. We were actually stopped by a police officer who was positioned outside that area to make sure that only uh, people who needed to be inside were. The officer did not know who Stefan Diggs was uh, at the moment, so I had to kind of vouch for him and tell the officer who he was. And as uh, as Stefan was saying to me, and then even reiterated to the police officer, "Look, this is my teammate. This is a really good friend." Uh, this is somebody that I need to see right now. I need to be here right now. You can hear the desperation and the emotion and, and anxiety in some ways uh, in his voice. And that just, to me, really captured what uh, so many people around Bill's Mafia, Bill's Nation, uh, and just around the nation itself, around the country, forget what team allegiance you have. Uh, it's the same kind of desperation to hear something new uh, on DeMar Hamlin's situation, on, on his status. And what I can tell you right now is we don't have any update beyond what we got around uh, around 2.30 from, from the Bills. Coley Harvey, ESPN National NFL f- football reporter, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Coley, can you actually just confirm for me that the CPR and the defibrillators were used on the field? Is there any information around that just to confirm? 
Uh, I can't confirm anything in terms of uh, defibrillator, but I can tell you that, again, according to the statement from the team, uh, his heart essentially was restarted um, uh, on the field. So, you know, people can read into that part of the statement however they'd like to, but CPR was certainly administered. Uh, we could even see that from as high up as the press box uh, where I was sitting at the time. Uh, so I can, I can tell you for a fact that that did take place. Uh, beyond that, though, the uh, the defibrillator issue, I, I personally can't go down that road right now. And what's the hospital's proximity from the stadium? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I you know, I actually used to cover the Bengals for ESPN several years ago, so I I lived in this area when I lived in Cincinnati, and um, it's uh, approximately four to five miles away. It's about a ten minute drive uh, from Paycor Stadium, depending on the route that you take. Uh, of course, with an ambulance, you'd imagine that's even faster. So, uh, so he he got transported here once the ambulance took off. He got transported here pretty quickly, um, and and that's that's the good news. This is the the lar- This is the only uh, level one trauma center in the entire region that includes not just Cincinnati, but all of Southwest Ohio, Northern Kentucky, and even parts of uh, southeastern Indiana. Uh, so it it made sense that this was was where he would have been brought. Coley Harvey, ESPN National NFL reporter with us, Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. We're talking, of course, about DeMar Hamlin, the Bills defensive player, the safety, who is today in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest on the field from from an impact during a tackle of T. Higgins, the wide receiver for the Bengals. Coley, um, we have a lot of, you know, nine minutes of CPR, etc., is there any information on the time from the moment of the injury itself when he collapsed and fell backward until the uh, attempts to get him oxygen was made? Like, what was that time? Uh, that's something we're still learning. And, uh, you know, we've been trying to check uh, not just with, with team officials, but also with uh, hospital officials. And even last night at one point, uh, speaking with the hospital's uh, spokespeople, they, uh, there, there was a kind of a false start. There was a word that was told to reporters that they would be speaking and uh, speaking to the PR. They are not releasing any information. So it's unclear uh, what procedures, how, you know, what the gap was there. Um, you know, again, just from seeing those nine minutes play out myself, uh, somewhere fairly early within that, uh, it, it seemed as if uh, – there was a recognition that they needed to do more than treat this as if it was a normal, uh, and I hate to use the word normal, but a normal NFL injury. It, it does seem to me at least that that is critical. The, the time lapse yes. from the moment of the injury until he could get oxygenated again. Coley, I've never been through something like this, but as a guy who had a significant accident, I heard stories mm-hmm. afterwards uh, being at Chicago Masonic Hospital about the uh, – crazy scene outside the hospital, people trying to find information what was going on. Can you describe a little bit the scene at yeah. the hospital currently? You know, currently and even, well, currently it's raining. It actually started raining about, uh, I'd say, 11 o'clock last night. Um, but before that, you did not only see uh, team uh, officials or team personnel like Stefan Diggs coming in, I also noticed Bengals head coach Zach Taylor uh, present. He actually was leaving out uh, at the moment that I that I noticed him here at the hospital, so you you've seen that kind of traffic, but also fans. Um, there are not many many people out here right now in terms of 
fans and even media, some media are just beginning to arrive uh, as we are. But um, but there were at least, I, I would just guessing, about 30 fans who were positioned uh, on corners. And at one point, they even brought out candles, were doing a candlelight visual. And it, it wasn't just uh, Bills fans. It was Bengals fans as well. And I caught up with one uh, gentleman on the uh, on the sidewalk, and he said, hey, look, you know, this is who we are in Cincinnati. You know, this is a team, this is a city that knows about brotherhood, and this is one of those moments where you want to pull for the humanity of a of a person. This doesn't go to football. This doesn't go to who you're rooting for, as, as Ryan Clark even just said. It, it doesn't matter your fantasy team at this point. It's about pulling for the health and safety of a fellow human being. And, uh, and so it was uh, it, it was nice to see that reaction uh, in terms of the, the chaotic scene. There was nothing like that, and, and I think a lot of that speaks to the city. Uh, it, it speaks to kind of the uncertainty of the moment, uh, the gravity of, of what the, the injury appeared to be to so many people, uh, even among the, the reporters. Uh, you know, I, I think something that I'm going to take away from this experience is uh, how people from other outlets were helping each other. Uh, that doesn't always happen in these kinds of breaking news moments. Um, and uh, it's just another example of the humanity that's being shown right now as so many people are pulling for, for DeMar uh, Hamlin right now. Thank you, Coley Harvey. That's Coley Harvey, ESPN National NFL reporter. We're talking about DeMar Hamlin, Bill's defensive back, who's in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest from, a, from an impact on the field last night. We'll have coverage and updates throughout the day on ESPN and ESPN Radio. More KJM next. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We are talking this morning, unfortunately, about uh, very troubling, um, sickening event from last night's game that resulted in the postponement and maybe the ultimate cancellation of that game in the first quarter. Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin is in critical condition. He suffered cardiac arrest due to a, an impact on the field when he tackled T. Higgins, apparently hit in the chest, and that triggered cardiac arrest where he was um, given CPR on the field for multiple minutes. No reporting as of yet that I can determine about the time lapse between the moment of the injury and when they, the attempt was made to get oxygen you know, to him. And I think that, that seems to me to be a, a critical piece of information. We're joined now by Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, good morning, guys. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. You know, I've been 
Perl has been around the game for a long time. I've never seen anything close to this. And obviously our thoughts and prayers are with Demar Hamlin and his family. And hopefully we get the best result possible. Um, you know, a couple of things to share is, you know, he got the best medical care possible. You know, the league and the player association takes these things very seriously. And there's a lot of training that goes on in the off season. And, um, you know, you just hope all those things, you know, make a difference in this situation. And, um, I think for all of us, we were just hoping and expecting at some point to hear he's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. Um, you know, oftentimes, like we'll see a player go to the hospital. And you never minimize it, but sometimes you, what you'll hear from a team doctor is, "Hey, we're going to err on the side of caution here, but all the vitals are good." And you know, when we didn't hear that, and you saw the rea- reactions of the players, it was very stark. And quickly, you realize like this is a very different situation. Mike, as a, a former general manager um, and a leader of an organization. I think we saw two incredible leaders last night when you think about Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott coming together saying, look, this is not in the best interest of either team to continue to play this game. What happens behind the scenes yeah. when something like this at this magnitude occurs? Sure. Well, there's a league representative, and that person is Donna Ponte, someone um, that's been at the league office for a while, like very good at her job, known Don for a long time. And there's a league representative at games for – Obviously, you never want it for tragic reasons like this, but to make sure that the game is operated correctly. And ordinarily, she'd be in contact with senior leadership, so that would be typically Troy Vincent and Roger Goodell. And, you know, then that decision's made collaboratively between the teams and the league. And, um, you know, there was obviously no way that game could continue. And, you know, obviously the focus was on making sure that DeMar Hamlin was getting the best care and getting him to the hospital as quickly as possible. And to answer your question, Jay, well, I, I thought they both showed incredible leadership. And I think... Everybody was just so stunned, like, how quickly we saw, like, how tragic of a situation this was where, you know, reportedly, like, you know, his heart stopped on the field. You know, it just it's just something that, you know, none of us has, have ever seen. It is, um, you know, you talk about the preparedness of the NFL to handle this, something like this. And the best you can do is plan and train and prepare for the moment. But there are things that can slip through the cracks because this is the nature of life. And when I first saw the play, his symptoms looked like a concussion to me. I thought he got hit in the head maybe, and just seeing it with the naked eye. And when he fell backwards, it looked like a concussion. Were I, even where I trained, you know, and I saw that, my assumption would lead me one way. And so I wonder what the time lapse was before they figured out, oh, wait a minute, yeah. this is what it is. Yeah, Max, my, my sense of watching it was that they immediately called for the medical personnel to get on the field, and I think they quickly saw that you know he, he wasn't breathing, and I think they were able to um, you know react as, as quickly as possible. And I think you're right. I think everyone's first reaction was like, this looks like a head injury concussed because he initially stood up and then you know collapsed from there. So I think they quickly pivoted, and, and hopefully you know we get the best result possible, and that's what we're all – you know, praying for this morning. You know, Mike, I was, I, I've never experienced something like this as a, as a player. I have experienced being at a Final Four, Kevin Ware, literally seeing a guy's, you know, bone coming out of his skin and everybody stopping and praying. But obviously this is something different. How are, I, I wouldn't even know how to react as a player. I mean, I was watching some of their emotions. I was having emotions at home on my couch, right. you know, standing up, pacing, to, to go back and to try to play a game after seeing something like this is something that probably nobody will talk about today, but I think that's going to be a very challenging and arduous thing yep. for Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and 
Gilmore, all these guys. It's that's hard. Yeah, no, Jay. Well, I think it's a great point, and uh, the the mental health aspect of this for all the players and the trauma that they all witness firsthand is very unique. And you know, I think the league and the, and the players' association have done a much better job of the last couple of years with the heightened awareness of, of mental health, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of support for those players because you know. It's uh, what they witnessed was so unique and, and, and so, so obviously so tragic. So, Mike, I know that you're a, you, you watch the fights, you watch boxing as, as I do. And the difference between the NFL and, and combat sports, one of the differences in terms of the danger is that usually in combat sports you can see it coming. Okay, now it's time to stop the fight. It's an accumulation of shots. Very rarely is it one shot and then you hear of a, the tragic outcome unless maybe they came in with a pre-existing condition that they weren't aware of, something like that. Um, but in football, it can happen just like that, as we saw last night. And we were talking about, Jay and I, earlier, you know, and Ryan Clark was talking about it, and we always talk about these guys as having uh, no fear. But in fact, it seems to me that that discounts what they do, because as Customato, boxer used to always talk about, we all have fear. It's how you control it. And it kind of discounts guys like Ryan Clark and, and, you know, and uh, DeMar Hamlin when instead of what they really have is boundless courage because they have to constantly face that fear. I wonder how that affects, you know, of course, we want to stay focused on DeMar Hamlin, but how that affects the whole league psychologically going forward. We just touched on it, but that's where my yeah. mind goes. Yeah, Max, it's a great insightful point, which is, you know, what how the players react moving forward. And, you know, it's um, this is so unprecedented for all of us. And I thought, as Jay Will mentioned, I thought Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott in the moment just showed incredible leadership and, and were just watching the reaction of their players and just knew that this was so unique and rare. And I think it's going to take people time to, to process it. And I think, you know, everyone does it differently. And, um, you know, it, 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 was, it was just such a stunning – um, event that I, I don't think every player is going to handle it the same way. And, um, you know, I, again, I'm sure there will be, you know, plenty of mental health support. And um, I think people will grieve this differently. And again, we're still hoping for the best outcome possible. So, Mike, it, literally as a player, if I were on the field, I'm not sure I want to play football for a minute. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I will react to that. And the implications <clears throat> of where both teams are right now, you talk about the – the Bills and the Bengals, two right. Super Bowl yep. teams contending, yeah. right? Implications, playoff implications. It, it makes the scenario on the back end a lot more challenging. Yeah, no, Jay Will, and like that's the next story at some point, right? These were two heavyweights. These were this was the primetime game. This was like the best Monday night matchup in years, and the whole country was watching it. And uh, yeah, at some point we're going to turn our attention to that. Like, what what does happen next? And uh, you know, that's something that the league's going to have to decide with the Players Association, with the input from the players. Um, because I think you're right. I, I don't think all players are just going to be able to say, hey, like we can move on. You know, it's um, – again, I think the the focus right now is like just hoping we get the best outcome possible with DeMar Hamlin. And I do think, you know, at some point that conversation will happen of like, well, what, what is next? And, you know, when's the game going to be played? If the game's going to be played? Um, you know, all those factors, you know, come into play. <laughs> I did have a, a situation um, when we were at the Dolphins. We had Hurricane Irma come in, and so our opening day game against Tampa Bay was canceled. And what happened, ironically, that year, the Dolphins and the Buccaneers both had the same bye week. So the game was canceled, 
and we got the game shifted to whatever it was, week eight or ten, and we went into a bye week. So we actually started the season on a bye week, and I just remember the factors in that decision-making was competitive balance and player health and safety. So I think when that conversation happens, they'll, they'll look at similar factors. You know, player health and safety, could they have to play two consecutive games and competitive balance? Does the game even need to be played? Because, you know, we're now on the precipice of the next last weekend of the game. So um, at the appropriate time, those, I believe, will be the factors when they make that decision. And as you heard Mike Tannenbaum just do, and, and we, we have done throughout the show so far and will continue to do, we will couch con- conversation that has anything to do with anything else other than DeMar Hamlin's health You know, by throughout the day. Look, we're not looking past this. Forgive us if at times when we're – we're going to be talking about this so much today, the implications and the, and the fallout and, and the psychological effect on other players, et cetera, what it means for the season. Those kind of issues crop up, but we, we're staying focused on DeMar Hamlin and his condition, which is critical. He's in critical condition at the moment. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Thanks, we'll, we'll have coverage and updates throughout the day on ESPN and ESPN Radio. More KJM next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We, on this show, as, as the network will do throughout the day at least, and the sports world is doing today, um, we're focused on DeMar Hamlin, the Bills defensive back, who after a tackle on Cincinnati wideout T. Higgins, DeMar Hamlin, the tackler, stood up and then fell backwards, collapsed. I thought watching with the naked eye last night, Jay, that it was a concussion. It kind of had the sim- that kind of sim- those kind of symptoms. But as it turns out, it was an impact to his chest that stopped his heart. Um, he is in critical condition, suffered cardiac arrest on the field, is in critical condition at the moment. Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, um, talking to Scott Van Pelt last night after this occurred, um, had his own health scare in the NFL, Ryan Clark, and he reacted to what happened to DeMar Hamlin. We want to play you that sound now. Times in this game, and in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see 
a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever, a side of football that no one ever wants to see mm-hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. Yep. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player, right? This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I, um, I dealt with this before, and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it. And now this team has to deal with that, and they have no answers. Mm-hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player <laughs> or we're, we're upset that the, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. So Ryan has, um, that was so well said. You know, sometimes there are moments that occur in sports where you feel like your life leads you to kind of get perspective. And the words, you find the words for these these moments. And, um, you know, one of the first conversations Ryan and I had six years ago was about a near-death experience because I've had one and RC had one in 2007. Um, he had a sickle cell trait issue um, in which before he got on the team playing, after they played Denver, had a pain. It was a life-threatening situation for him. And I think um, hearing him last night on SVP brought some gravity to the moment because you recognize that as quickly as you're here one day, things like this can happen. And you cannot be here the next. And the last thing I'm going to say, you know, we're going to talk about this all day, but this kind of stuff, it, it, it brings back things from my family. My dad sent me a note this morning. Just saying, you know, seeing an injury to DeMar last night, it's a really, uh, now that I'm a father of three kids, um, I can kind of see where my dad was because my parents weren't there when it first happened for me. But he said, you know, blessing that his parents were there. There's a video of his parents being there on the sideline, him giving his mom a hug. And I can't imagine what they're going through seeing <laughs> that as a father and a mother. Oof. And you, you hear about some of the things that DeMar has done in, in the community. Like I said, one of my best friends, his son, played with him at Pitt. Logan Klaus talked about the toy drive and the GoFundMe page that now has raised $3 million. And you see him as a human being, not the player, Max, the, the person behind the, sh- the mask, the, the person, the human being of who he is. And it just it puts everything into perspective about how precious each and every moment of this life is that we have. I thought um, last night during the live coverage of the game, which turned into live coverage of a uh, brutal moment, and we don't know what the ultimate consequences of that moment will be, the, the description, as you say, Jay, of the person, uh, DeMar Hamlin, where his mother rode with him in the car, the whole thing, and on that night, prime time, the whole country watching the biggest game, one of the biggest games of the year. F- for that to happen, I thought 
was and the way it was described really put you in touch with the person. What a thing! What it's it's a dangerous sport. There's no two ways about it. Um, what a thing for a parent to go through. It's it's and of course everyone knows there's an inherent risk in in the sport, but what a thing for a parent to go through. Um, I cannot imagine what what his mother is feeling right now. You think about fighting. You know, um, we were talking Max before uh, about um, any given Sunday and the speech that uh, we had heard by Chino, right? About every inch. Yeah. In it. And I, I often say a lot, you know, playing for coach K was um, a life changing experience for me because he would often say that everything that we talk about on the court, it's all applicable to everyday life. And now this young man finds himself fighting for every inch for his life, for his life. And, um, you know, I, everybody always says prayers and thoughts. And to me, I, we've heard that so many times over the last several years, Max. Um, I just I just wish him all the positive energy in the world that he's able to pull through this. Because you realize that sports, as much as the fans cheer you on, and none of that stuff matters. You know, the only thing that matters is you have the opportunity to be here and to be with your loved ones. If you, if you have... You play tackle football with guys of this size and strength and speed, and you have how many collisions in a given year? I've never seen this happen before. It's like it's you can't call it an accident, but it is a freakish occurrence in the sense that the odds that you have to get hit right there at just the wrong moment in terms of the heartbeat, the impact, the whole thing, um, given the number of plays in the league, I... I it feels like something like this is inevitable. And the question is, how prepared is everyone for that moment? Because we obviously accept the risks um, as a culture. It seems like they were prepared, and then you have to hope that that is enough. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, much more coming up ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.